0: Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm oh, Doc,
1: Alex. <laughs> I'm Justin. Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Stranger. Let's mm. keep getting more mad. Yes. Uh, we'll, I guess, see how mad we are on this
0: podcast about this particular movie. Now, spoiler warning right here at the top, if you have not seen Doctor Strange 2 in theaters, Go see it in theaters or don't. Whatever you want to do. It's your life. Live how, your how life you however you want. Yeah. But definitely don't listen to this
1: podcast. Uh, a- unless you're just trying to experience a movie um, by two guys just casually talking about it. <laughs> um, if that's your thing, then I'll this is the what. podcast for you. I don't
0: know about you, but usually what I do is I buy a movie theater ticket. Like I bought my ticket to Doctor Strange 2, and I just stand in the lobby. I just like to hear yeah. people like get their impressions kind of soaking in. I, I, I haven't even exactly. seen the thing.
1: There's nothing better than just hearing a couple of um, uh, critics chatting about it. And I don't care if they're journalists or not. Mm -hmm. I just want pure opinion from um, what I guess I would call randos.
0: Yeah, I would, honestly, even without uh, listening to people in the lobby, I would pay $14 just for the smell of popcorn. That's how much wow. I love
1: movie theaters. You've been out of the theater for too too long, sir.
0: <laughs> I think I have. Let's talk about this movie, though. So, broad strokes before we get into the minutia, the nitty-gritty of it. What were your general impressions? How did you feel about it? There's obviously a lot of hype on this movie. It's dominating in the box office this weekend. Um, but at the same time, I think people have been pretty split about it. Split positive is, I guess, what I call it. Are you split oh, nice. positive or are you split
1: negative? I'm, I'm even more positive than split positive. Uh, I really liked it um, for a couple of reasons that I'm sure we'll get into. But um, <laughs> I thought it was the rare Marvel project that started out a little wobbly, where I was like a little like, oh, this feels like they're explaining the parts they don't need to explain. And not explaining why they showed up at this fort immediately and did battle with a bunch of um, with Wong's acolytes for against <laughs> the Scarlet Witch out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, we haven't introduced any of these people." Um, there's Oxhead, a bunch of other people, A bunch uh, of very handsome guys. That... Very handsome guys. One woman who just straight up sacrificed herself um, <laughs> for no reason. Seemingly. I felt very
0: emotionally connected to her. That was classic character. Well, you know her name. I won't say it.
1: Yeah, no, I won't say because I know that name, too. But I agree. Um, I, it was a nice emotional moment. But I was like, give us a little bit more about any of this stuff. <laughs> and you don't need to explain how they're like, well, we'll never find the book of Ashanti. I was like, yes, you will. We're just, you're, don't we saw it in the first us. scene. We exactly. know exactly where it is. You got
0: to jump so, over uh, some stuff. It's a platformer. You grab some coins, break the blocks, find a couple of secrets, beat Bowser, and you're right there.
1: <laughs> i mean it did have big um like legend of zelda vibes uh, mm-hmm. at the end of that but so i do think it started a little bit like um writing wise a little wobbly to me but i thought it really came together well i liked a lot of the twists and turns and the biggest star here i think is sam Raimi, uh because mm. i love like Raimi gets his shit from people all the time and i'm not like of big Ramy ahead, um, like some some people out there, but um, the he he makes these movies more fun because he makes them more unique with his mm-hmm. shot selection, the way he shows stuff, the the way he builds the tension. You know, the fact that Scarlet Witch is like. Um, that literally two steps behind them when they're running underneath the river um, in the other other dimension and the other um, universe. I was like, no other Marvel movie would have uh, this horror situation where the most powerful people in the movie are within steps of each other and they're just walking swiftly. Mm hmm.
0: I I could definitely get on board with that. I think maybe I'm a little more split negative than you are, but overall I had fun watching the movie. I thought it was a good time. I think part of what was holding me back as I have thought about it was my expectations going into the movie. My main comment coming out of it or my main thought was I wanted a little more multiverse and a little more madness going on because Mm. I think they go other than the montage where they go to the paint universe and they go to the cartoon universe and everything else. It's like Three universes
1: that are all kind of the same, you know. See, I, but if they crammed in more other multiverses, I would have been like, "What if we don't need all this?" Like the fact that we mm-hmm. got, like we got all that montage, which is cool. And then we got all these different Doctor Stranges. The madness at the end of the movie where he's inhabiting um, the corpse. um, He's got like the dead soul, the damned souls as his Mm -hmm. cloak and all that. I was like, this is dope. I'm all on board with this. That was the madness I needed. And the multiverse is summed up in the Illuminati appearing in this movie. Mm -hmm. I...
0: Yes, I completely understand what you're saying, and just to continue the thought about being on board with the whole Sam Raimi of it all, I agree with you on the corpse thing. I giggled out loud at that point,
1: because uh,
0: those touches... And I feel like a lot of people have been like, this is real horror in the MCU. And it's definitely not. Like, it's not an actual horror movie. But what I do think it is, is it's Sam Raimi using horror techniques and the stuff that he does so well really effectively to heighten and explore a lot of different things in this movie visually. And that's easily the most fun part. And I think that extends all the way back to, I know it's not technically Shuba Gorath, it's Gargantos is the giant... Eyeball creature, but that whole thing with like the eyeball following America Chavez and just sort of following around, or little things like there's one point when Elizabeth also looks at the camera, you know. So yeah, things like that where it's just it makes it a little more fun to watch throughout. Throughout, so I had a blast. But again, I think my expectations. Uh, and this is probably on me, but my expectations of them being like, this is huge. This is going to blow the multiverse wide open. This is the beginning of everything for Marvel, which they've been saying, mind you, for every single movie that we've had in phase four so far. But that expectation, it's actually a pretty small movie, you know, despite like the sea. No, and I don't say that in a bad way. I like small movies, but like Dr. Strange goes on a pretty small emotional arc, you know, he goes from being like, well, I did this thing. Do I feel bad about it? And at the end, he's like,
1: "Yeah, I guess so." You know, yeah, he feels a little bad, but he embraces the third eye literally. Right. Well, here. he he
0: realizes his arc. My impression, and tell me if you agree with me. My his emotional arc is going from being like I need to be one hundred percent happy to it's okay if I'm like seventy to seventy five percent happy.
1: You know, well, and I I agree that that is the arc there. But really, to me, it was you have to get this relationship with with Christine didn't work out, so you have to get over it. Mm-hmm. Like they they quantify it with this, like, are you happy? Are you one hundred percent happy? All that, and I'm like, no, it's you. You you blew this relationship because of your career, uh, essentially. And if only there was another person you could meet who had similar um, dark magic qualities Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. that you could maybe start a new relationship with, then maybe it would help you move on from this uh, multiverse relationship.
0: I'm getting a sense that your main excitement about this is Charlize Theron showing up as Clea.
1: That's not my main excitement, but I do think like you're saying it was a small movie and Marvel's been teasing this a lot as a big step. And I do think this is actually a big step Mm -hmm. um, because I I think they are setting up a pretty big commitment to for phase four being sort of the Hickman, uh, the Hickman verse. With incursions maybe being the big thing. Yeah. Well, well, why don't we talk about
0: this? Because about I know later. we're, yeah, we're yeah. jumping around a lot. I think we're very excited to talk about this movie. That's great. I'll
1: talk about it all at once. Oh, my God. I'll oh. Every
0: word. Yeah, we're going to have all of our thoughts are going to crash together, obliterating them and only leaving one behind. It's going to be a huge yeah. issue that we're going to have to gather a super team of comic book pundits to talk about. And finally hash out a so called
1: Illuminati, if you will. So uh just Illuminati? A... <laughs> not my favorite line in the movie.
0: <laughs> Doctor Strange doesn't know the word Illuminati.
1: Like that's a 100%. word that people know. That that was that's, what, a good... that's what and Well, you go, you go, and then we'll
0: talk. Well, all I was going to say is just sort of the broad overview of the plot here, uh, for those of you who maybe were confused by the movie, is that Doctor Strange kind of living his life, doing his thing after uh, Infinity War, after Endgame, everybody knows that he's a magical superhero, and he has everything except for Christine who is getting married to another guy into the middle of that comes America Chavez, who is a girl from another universe. I don't even think they mentioned it in the movie, but called the utopian parallel where she has powers to traverse the multiverse. She doesn't know they're activated or why she only knows that the first time they're activated by a bee stinging her. She lost her parents, Her two moms in the multiverse and got sucked into the multiverse herself and has been surviving there ever since. Now, somebody is after her trying to get her power. Turns out it's exactly the person that Doctor Strange goes to. It's the Scarlet Witch who just wants her kids back after the events of WandaVision uh, and they go through a chase through the multiverse meeting the Illuminati which is a collection of Easter eggs that have gotten together to fight evil and (laughs) to fight Easter to fight Easter yeah Uh, they all die lots of people die Uh, ultimately at the end Scarlet Witch turns a corner, makes the ultimate sacrifice to destroy the Darkhold, the thing that has corrupted her and sent her at least partially on this path in every single universe. We'll obviously get into and talk about whether she actually sacrificed herself or what went on there in a second. And Doctor Strange, as you mentioned, is left with a sense of uh, peace and kind of happiness and a third eye at the end of the movie and a very classic rabi last second, everything is actually horrible twist. Uh, and then in yeah. the end credit scene, we get a sense of his next adventure, which is these incursions we've been talking about, and, and a brief recap of those. And then we could actually talk back and forth about this stuff. So this comes directly from, like you were saying, Hickman's run on uh, Fantastic Four and Avengers, Avengers and Illuminati and a bunch of things leading into Secret Wars. Where exactly how it happens in the movie, various multiversal Earths are crashing into each other. We don't know how or why, but ultimately it comes down to Earth 616, our Marvel Universe Earth. They lose, it gets destroyed, and then they get thrown on this patchwork Earth that is run by Dr. Doom, and they're all forced to battle there. Lots of other stuff happens uh, over the course of the storyline. But it, this is a long way of saying I think you're absolutely right? that this draws a line under, yes, that is exactly where we're heading. It's already been teased that maybe the Russo brothers will be coming back for some sort of Secret Wars movie. And it seems pretty clear that we're going to get some sort of riff on that, not to get too ahead of my skis here. But I would venture with Kang in charge of this battle world instead of Doctor Doom. But I guess we'll see. That's, I don't know, five, ten years down the road, something like that.
1: I think that's spot on and the twist there is in end game it was all the heroes versus thanos and his crew and in this it'll be heroes fighting heroes on opposite sides so it'll be a little trickier a little different and it raises the stakes in just the right way i would expect um a new major series of phases would do it for marvel yeah well what do we well, talk... Let me jump back yeah, to please. one one important thing in the utopia parallel i would think that before a bee stung you it would ask you or talk to you like because I it's feel a like utopia a, it's a utopia so mm-hmm. the bees are going to be a little more um friendly a little more like understanding of the situation
0: i mean it's possible we just didn't hear the bee you know, like the yeah. bee was talking
1: in its little bee language. Good day, America. <laughs> might I sting you? Are you? Do you have any multi-dimensional traveling powers? Um, by way, I mean, you're the only person in the entire multiverse who has this particular set of powers, and you might cause a chain of events that would put you in a bad situation, then eventually a good situation, as Doctor Strange explains. And all America would hear is,
0: and there's language barrier. It's a language problem. You gotta. That's
1: why you need that Cheerios B around because he speaks both. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Uh, I, this is a little
0: bit off, but uh, I was telling you this before we got on. I lost my Duolingo streak in B earlier this mm. week. I completely forgot ah. to check in on it.
1: Oh, but buzz buzz buzz, buzz, buzz is the only thing. <laughs> <saying. laughs>
0: Buzz off. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the various characters? I guess we can start with America since we're already chatting about her. This is a big new addition to the MCU. She's obviously a major part of the movie and is left in a place at the end where she's training in comertage with Wong. Uh, so presumably we're going to see her at some point going forward as well. What do you think about her introduction here?
1: Um, I liked her a lot. It's interesting. Um, the America in the comics is a little bit older and a little bit more... Um, jaded and hardened, like um th- this America is definitely like wide eyed and not quite um sort of ready to face all this stuff, which I think makes sense for the movie, but i 'm curious um if we do go down the path toward young Avengers, which she would um slot in there pretty easily I think uh, will she be sort of the more badass um, but I guess we 'll see that 's a future casting thing in the movie I thought she was she was good, she was fun watching her finally crack it when she um, punches the star in the um, hermetically sealed chamber she's trapped in. I thought it was a really cool way to sort of reveal that she's getting control.
0: Yeah. Overall, I really liked her a lot. I thought Sochil Gomez did a good job in the role. And I think my only little qualm visually, mind you, she was great. Um, but my only little qualm was that she's clearly been surviving, going through the multiverse for years at this point. The fact that she wasn't a little more adept physically was kind of weird to me. I, I was certainly expecting her to, I don't know, she doesn't need to be like a karate badass or anything like that, but the, a little bit of more physical skill there, I think, right. would have been interesting to see. Um, maybe well, that I think would that have pulled goes back to- on the emotional arc,
1: but... That goes to what I'm saying as well, I think, is like she in the the character in the, in the comics is a little bit more intense and aggressive. And maybe this is just a starting point um, and she'll get there eventually. But I also think her um, starting to do um, the sort of the spark stuff she's just getting into at the end. I, I don't want her to become like us, another Doctor Strange or mm-hmm. another Wong or something like having the same power set because... Her power set's so unique. Like, we don't need to add um, this thing that basically everyone in this movie can do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, this brings up something, and this is definitely jumping away from going through the list of characters here, but we could probably talk about Doctor Strange 1 versus Doctor Strange 2 and how those hold up because – as much as I also had fun seeing the first Doctor Strange, one thing that I found a little frustrating about that first movie was that it felt like it had these two big ideas, right? It had the sling ring, and it had the mirror dimension. and It just kept hitting those over and over and over again. So here, at least, granted, we're dealing with like undefined magic spells that people are doing all the time, but it felt like there was much more variance in
1: terms of how they were treating the magic, in
0: this movie and i appreciated that
1: meaning like it wasn't just tied into this ring
0: yeah that it didn't feel like and i know they introduced other concepts they introduced the astral plane and all these other things in the first movie but it really felt like they're like mirror dimension mirror dimension like if i heard mirror dimension one more time watching the first movie i would have gone crazy here it's just another tool in his tool belt
1: Well, and I think, like, the battle that opens the movie, I thought getting to see Doctor Strange use, like, a million different spells and have them be visually different, um, at least in in smaller variations, and uh, the effects being different and us getting to see the effects, like... He first free shoots some like three freeze fireballs at the monster chasing them. And it were, and we see it work for a second. And like, we get to really see the variation, like you're talking about. Um, and let me shout out another scene that I thought was dope. And I can't believe they did it because it's so sort of dorky the music note battle between the mm-hmm. two strangers later on. I was like, wow, this is like, this is real high school band geek uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, but I loved it. It was so yeah. hyper specific. It really put the world in. Like dueling uh, magicians, like so they're gonna sort of speak the same language because that's what they've int- one of them had introduced into this battle, and you see like the harp note come in and ended up like very cool. Uh, one of my favorite scenes.
0: The whole thing was, and this is ridiculous to say for this type of movie, but the whole thing was very comic booky, and I think yeah. that points oh, to Sam Raimi. And this is something I think we've talked about with the Spider-Man movies before, but. Every, I I always feel like every era of Spider-Man director is really focusing on the comics they came up with. And so for Sam Raimi, it was like the 60s Spider-Man, 70s, you know, generously 70s Spider-Man. And not that this felt like the same sort of thing with Doctor Strange, but it is very much like, it didn't feel like a step back in terms of movies. It didn't feel like I was watching a movie that would have come out in 2000 or something like that. But it did feel like a step back in terms of just embracing that dorkiness like you're talking about with some of the comic book stuff. And that's okay. That was the most fun stuff at the movie. Just having a very, not actually scary, but kind of goofy zombie strange towards the end was so much fun.
1: Talk about Raimi. It was like, it was classic Raimi, like zombie. And I thought that was awesome. So
0: good. Um, well, this actually brings me, uh, I wanted to talk about Benedict Cumberbatch a little bit. He's the guy who plays Dr. Strange. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh,
1: I've been Ooh. meaning to look up who that guy is, because Stephen yes. Strange is what I call him. In my Yes. When you were watching Power of the Dog, you're like, Stephen Strange is good in this yeah. one. Yeah, he's good. And I wonder what multiverse he's in right now. Mm, the multiverse of dogs,
0: I assume. He has dog powers? Yeah. I haven't seen the movie.
1: Yeah, it's um. he has a dog ring, or he slings dogs. Oh, nice. He makes a circle, and dogs jump through them. Yes. This, like to a me, guy,
0: including the Avengers movies and Spider-Man No Way Home, is, in my mind, the absolute most comfortable Benedict Cumberbatch has ever been in this role. Because I yeah. felt like, and I don't know if you've had the same feeling, but even the first Doctor Strange, there's a level of, like... Honestly, it feels like he's wrestling with the accent a little bit when he's doing stuff mm-hmm. sometimes. And Spider-Man No Way Home, he had a weird, quick wig that they had given where it felt like you could see the wig line. And he always right. seems like he's a little uncomfortable in his skin. There was something, and, and I do credit this again, maybe to Sam Raimi, because apparently Benedict Cumberbatch said it was very collaborative and the most collaborative thing that he's done with Marvel. There's just a comfort level there with the character and with the role where – it was the first time I've actually had real joy watching him without him completely taking me out of the movie.
1: Yeah. He felt more like a complete Dr. Strange in this movie. I think in this, in no way home, he, Dr. Strange is much funnier and a little more like acerbic witty. And he, I missed that a little bit here. We didn't get him being like with Aluma Wadi, like where that's, that's the big joke in that moment. And it's like, that's not that super sharp. <laughs> Um, In Spider-Man, he's like, he's zinging and slinging uh, Mm -hmm. along with with Spidey. So I did miss that. But otherwise, I agree with you. It really is like, you feel like he's having fun, even in the most, like when he's the the zombie Doctor Strange at the end, he's got, even though his mouth is like one forced smile, you feel the smile coming through. He's like, I can't believe I'm on this ride. I'm winning. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: was the line towards the end? Something where he's like, this time... Uh, you're going to have to kill me. You're going to have to do more than kill me to kill me. Which, yeah. that to me, that was a funny line. Like, and he delivered that very well. Um yeah. And yeah, he just seemed to be having a good time and was fun to watch. And even, you know, his scenes with Christine, he had good chemistry there. He had, I really liked his love confession towards the end and that broken down Sanctum Sanctorium. Again, it felt yeah. very just simple and didn't come out of nowhere but it felt like i was surprised that it came in that scene that it was clearly uh, go ahead
1: you're well i was gonna say like i agree with you it felt simple and the relationship while it is an extension from the first movie in this movie like we don't get any like romance between them we don't get in a real exploration of the relationship he's just like oh man i really let that one go um And then he's like, oh, I miss her. I love her. We don't get to see them together. We don't get to see the spark until that moment when he confesses that. And you can tell she's like, does care for him. But she's like, this isn't going to work out. We're from different dimensions. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a line that Wong says
0: to Wanda at one point, which feels like the key line to the movie to me, is he says something along the lines of, shouldn't it make you happy that somewhere out in the universe your kids are still alive? And your family is still happy and whole. And she's like, no, (laughs) because that's not me. But I think without trying to find a line under it, that's the exact same journey that Dr. Strange goes on over the course of the movie is what he realizes with Christine is like uh, exactly what he says. I love you in every universe. You know, it doesn't work out in the three to four universes that I've been in. Maybe there's a universe out there where it does Maybe I'll find other love somewhere, like in an end credit sequence or something like that.
1: Yeah, if only there was um, uh, almost instantaneous new relationship (laughs) set up for him. Uh, So I really like
0: Benedict Cumberpatch. I thought he was uh, very good in the movie. On the other end of the spectrum, and this is probably the wrong way to frame this up, but. I feel like we should talk, of course, about Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch. And I say that's the wrong way to frame it up because this really, even more than Doctor Strange, I thought was her movie, you know?
1: Yeah, except for the fact that she is not at all a hero. She And, like, I, and I love the misdirect Marvel did with all the, the trailers and stuff. It's like they're going to, Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch are going to work together to save the multiverse. And they dispense with that, Immediately, I couldn't uh, believe that. I, I love it.
0: I, I expected that she was going to have a villain turn at some point in the movie, you know, and start going after America. But the fact that it happened in like the second, third scene, they didn't even play around with it. I thought was awesome.
1: It happened three minutes into her being in the movie. They're having a little small talk about like apples and stuff. And then she's like she slips and says the name. And I was like, he didn't say her name yet. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare. I Classic caught it.
0: Move. Classic, Classic move. Movie
1: move. And I was like, she's bad. And then she said it a minute later and then we're off. And I was like, I appreciate that move. And I know there's been like all the Scarlet Witch fans out there, which there are many are like, how could you have made her a villain? We love her from WandaVision. Um, she had no arc in this story. She was just evil throughout. And I hear that a little bit, but I thought the redemption moment at the end, I thought was emotionally affecting. I thought they did a good job with that. And the way America's like, go ahead here, look, look what you've done. And I, after she's so committed to like, I don't care. I'll destroy anything, um, but I'm not a monster. And she's like, I destroyed everything. I am a monster. It's, I I thought it really worked across, across the board. Uh
0: my take on it is, and again, I, uh, I've i heard, I've talked to a lot of Scarlet Witch fans who are just bereft this weekend, and I ple- completely get that, and I completely understand what they're coming from. Um, I think this worked because Elizabeth Olsen put in the work. Like, she was getting yeah. everything through with her emotion. There's a couple of problems that I have— with her arc the way they're on the script, but everything came through in her performance, even if it wasn't quite there in the plot. And what I... Yeah. For example, I think, you know, if you haven't seen WandaVision, I don't think you're going to understand what's going on here. You can skip yeah. Doctor Strange 1 and be okay watching Doctor Strange 2. Maybe yes. you need to have, like, a little bit of a refresher or understanding of what happened in Infinity War End Endgame, but even those you can kind of pick up. But WandaVision... There's really not enough explanation in the movie of what happened in WandaVision. Like, they give you some notes of it, but there are things like, why isn't Vision there in the other universe? Why is she actually doing this? What is the Dark Hold? She's corrupted. Like, they get to all that stuff later with that information. So it's a weird way that they roll out with her arc and turn her into a villain. I think she gets it across again through the performance and everything that she's doing and everything she's saying. Um, And the turn also, I did think that was a really nicely shot, beautiful moment. Um, There's the thing where they're just flashing back and forth between the universes. Also, I think this was two thirds of the way through the movie or something like that, where they're going between the Scarlet Witch and the Wanda, who still has her family, which I thought was just such an awesome little, quick little editing trick. That was yeah. so nice. Uh, but those are the sort of, like those notes got it across. I don't think the last second heroic turn was earned by anything that had happened previously. It was a way no. of uh, the heroic turn of destroying the, all of the dark holds and everything. Like, I don't yeah. think that was necessarily earned by everything that had happened previously. I'm glad that they ended in that way. So I don't think it was necessarily a character assassination, which a lot of people have talked to me about. Um, hmm. You know, like anybody can come back from anything in the Marvel Universe, right? Like, Yeah,
1: and I honestly don't think this will be the last we see of of Scarlet Witch, or maybe the mm-hmm. Darkhold for that matter. Because I, I thought the Darkhold is, sets up as like a really scary object mm-hmm. in the Marvel <laughs> Universe based on this movie. Like what it does to Scarlet Witch... Uh, what it does to the Doctor Strangers that have used it, just the way they visually show the the sort of uh, blackened fingers, uh, mm-hmm. like the ash uh, on the fingers, or I guess that's what it is. I'm assuming if you've been corrupted by it, like I'll, I think that all that stuff is great. Um, and for her, like I I do think she um, has a decent chance of coming back. I did think it was weird we never saw the vision. Maybe they didn't want to um, have another pay pay the vision to show up there or something, but yeah. it is weird that he wouldn't be around somewhere. Right. Uh, I almost uh, thought he might be a voice that helps her turn it around at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they felt like it would complicate an already very complicated movie. Maybe they could get Paul Bettany for it. Maybe they did, and the reshoots cut him out. I, I really have no idea. But it did feel like, I do understand the criticism of it feels like it doesn't directly follow up on WandaVision, even though it's highly necessary to watch WandaVision. And at least part of that is apparently Sam Raimi didn't watch WandaVision (laughs) like he watched some select scenes from it. So, you know, it is what it is. We got we got. Um, Hopefully she'll come back as some form of pancake or something like that. That'll be nice. Mm. She's nice and flat now. So that'll be fun. Uh, no, I, I mean, she redeems herself at the end. Like She's clearly also dead because Doctor Strange gives that little nod when they ask, did Wanda? And he goes, Mm-mm. yeah.
1: Well, how did she get rid of the Darkholds across all the multiverse is my question.
0: She did that because she was in Wondagore.
1: Yeah, which... no, I know, that, I know that it happened, but how? Like, I just don't know. How does that? The whole thing was like, we can't get to the other multiverse unless you can dreamwalk. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, I can destroy a book anywhere.
0: <laughs> I uh, I mean, I guess here, you know, if I was trying to explain it, and I don't think you actually can explain it, she was able to contact creatures in other multiverses, right? So maybe she sent her energy okay. out from her place of power. Pa- I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw – this is actually a theory that my oldest uh, came up with after we saw the movie. So the position – that Wanda is in at the end when she's destroying all the darkholds is the same position in the statue in the back of Mount Wundagore. Right. So the, her theory was: what if her purpose there was not to use the darkhold and summon the power and traverse the multiverse, but actually to destroy the darkhold everywhere? Yeah. Again, I don't know. Makes how, sense. I love but, it. But
1: put it let's put her on staff, you daughter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I do think we'll see Chthon again, who is this creature who's been very tied to the Scarlet Witch throughout our history in the comics. Um, we're getting, you know, Blade is coming up and Werewolf by Night yeah. and this whole supernatural aspect. So he could be like some sort of demon figure that uh, if there was some sort of demon figure that they were going to bring into the MCU, I think what everybody would be demanding is Chithon probably. So that would be
1: exciting. And wasn't there a series back in the day called The Darkhold Redeemers?
0: Maybe, if that sounds about right.
1: That I think is um, characters like, it might have been like Blade, um, Ghost Rider might have been in there, Werewolf by Night, like the sort of more um, horror-y Marvel characters. And they were going around and trying to do right what the Darkhold had done wrong. So, potential... Potential.
0: And as we've established, there's a multiverse. So there's an infinite number of Scarlet Witches out there. So I don't think Elizabeth Olsen is done by any means. And ultimately, uh she was great. This is a great movie. Great Scarlet Witch movie in particular. Um, yeah. Should we continue to talk about the rest of the characters or should we use this as an entry point to talk about the Illuminati, which I feel like. Let's is, talk. The let's, naughty. Let, let's cut the out. Naughty,
1: naughty.
0: Let's uh, skip talking about Michael Stolbarg for a second and instead go yeah. or, get over Could to the probably. Illuminati.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's the big thing. They tease this. Everybody kind of suspected this was going to happen. But we get an introduction to the Illuminati, which if I got the rundown right, we got an alternate universe version of Baron Mordo, which everybody was freaking out in my theater about. I'm kidding. They were fine with it.
1: Um, I saw the movie at 830 this morning. And uh, people I when when John Krasinski popped up, I was not a peep. I thought
0: yeah. we were going to get some hoots. Shockingly, I went to see it at a preview screening, which was like a fan preview screening. And people lost it at several of the cameos. There was something about the pacing of John Krasinski popping up about Mr. Fantastic that I think didn't work.
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it worked it. for well, me. I you're, mean, the fact that, You're well, a big
0: fan of A Quiet Place Part 2.
1: No, 100%. This felt like the quietest place. Um, the Because they said, uh, like, two scenes before, the reveal of the Illuminati Squad. Um, Christine said she was working for the Baxter Foundation. I was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, very subtle Easter egg." I like the way they're slowly teasing. Oh, there he is! <laughs> <laughs> so it really caught me off guard. Um, yeah. After so we, the tiny so we got Baron
0: Murdoch, We got John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic. We got Lashana Lynch as Captain Marvel. We got Haley Atwell as Captain Carter. Lots of so captains great. on that team. Uh, yeah. And then we got uh, uh, Anson Mount as Black Bolt, which was. Awesome. Talking Can't about please... an arc. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Uh, and then the last one, of course, is Patrick Stewart as Professor X pops up there as the Professor X from the X Men the Animated series, complete with the
1: Yeah. Sing when he came in. I was like, when that popped in, I was like, What? what? <laughs> well, and the idea being like this isn't uh, Illuminati across different multiverses, correct? These are all from this universe. Yeah. So so th- are we saying this is, takes place within the X-Men animated universe?
0: I don't know She's where it takes
1: place, I guess. Um, Earth 380, was that what it is? 838, I believe. Eight, uh, 838, that's yeah. the... Interesting- that's
0: the animated universe, I guess. There you go. That explains Captain Carter, maybe, because she's from the What If series. So maybe they all came together. But yeah, I think the implication was this universe doesn't have an Avengers. They don't have any other super team like that. Their super team is the Illuminati. (laughs) Uh, They beat Thanos and then they killed their Doctor Strange.
1: And I will say, like, for comic fans, this was awesome. This was like the fact that we get to see Black Bolt. Just say I'm sorry and wipe out Doctor Strange, and the flashback was awesome. Um, and then, just when they're all absolutely shattered by Scarlet Witch, was devastating, but really well done. Like having Black Bolt blow his own brain out with his voice was—that that cool. was the
0: single grossest thing to be in the entire movie. It's the way that his yeah. brains would like <laughs> out of his head, horrifying.
1: I mean, and that was, that was the horror scene of the movie, I thought. Like, mm-hmm. watching them all get torn apart, but super comic booky. And I love that Black Bull and Mr. Fantastic just get iced, and then we get, a, a, like, a, a great battle with um, Captain Carter and um, Captain Marvel.
0: The, that was super fun. My weird hesitation, again, I went to this fan screening for it, and there were Captain Carter, there were people in Captain Carter cosplay, And I was like, oh, I feel so bad for you right now. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) That's a bummer. That is a huge bummer. But I thought Halle Atwell was great, and I'm sure this is not the last time we're going to see her as Captain Carter on screen because it is so fun. Um, It's fun to see her do the I can do this all day. That's enjoyable. And Lashana Lynch, uh, I'm interested to see if they're going to use that costume. She plays Maria Rambo in Captain Marvel, we're going to see Monica Rambeau in the Marvel. So I'm curious if she's going to suit up like that or how that's necessarily going to work, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, uh, but that's super fun. And then the last one, of course, I appreciated that they saved professor X for last um, yeah. sweet turtleneck on him. in that mindscape. When he oh, goes yeah. in there.
1: That was nice. High um, belt, high pants. Yes. Like Patrick Stewart. Still but this, was, this was
0: another thing that was like, Not that anybody, I mean, actually, I'm sure there are people, but the large majority of people are not going to be like, I'm going to check out this Doctor Strange of the Multiverse of Madness movie, see what this Marvel thing is all about and start there. But this sequence to me at the same time, I was like, So you have Wanda in the rubble that she was trapped in that was first referenced in Age of Ultron and was played out during an episode of WandaVision with no explanation whatsoever. There's WandaVision footage on the TV and it's like it's such a deep dive for anybody who's just coming in here.
1: I mean, talking about the Illuminati, all of this is a deep dive for if you don't know who Black Bolt is, to be like, wait, why is this, isn't this guy talking? Oh, when he does whisper, it's deadly. Like the whole thing was like, <laughs> I don't know anything about this. For even Professor X is like, oh, that's cool. But if you don't know Professor X, it's like, well, who cares? <laughs> yes. And why is, is he walking here? suddenly in a void? The whole thing. Yeah. But I don't I think Marvel's p- pushed past it. They're like, if you don't get it, sorry. Yeah, we're not worried about you.
0: But it was fun. I loved how it was filmed just with the red scarlet cloud coming behind him, him pausing, terrified. And then the way Scarlet Witch pops out of the cloud. Again, another like good horror technique moment from Sam Raimi. Very fun there.
1: I also think it's crazy. I mean, I agree with you. It's crazy that they're assuming so much knowledge from the audience when it comes to um, all the continuity of these movies. But at the same time, they have to, at the beginning of this movie, explain like so like meticulously, like, well, we'll never get the Book of the Vishanti. But even if we did, it's impossible. Well, we make impossible things possible. I'm like... We don't need all this. <laughs> Just this. You're brushing the past. Yeah, like, why are you laying all this, your front porching, all this nonsense mm-hmm. stuff that we all know as movie goers is fake from seeing any movie? <laughs> and you're, then you don't tell us anything about any of this comic book continuity that you either have to know it from the TV shows and the other movies or or else you're lost. Well, let it's alone just wild. Ultron
0: is in the background. So if you imagine somebody who's seen the Avengers movies and is like, oh, yeah, I know Ultron. Why are there a bunch of Ultrons here?
1: Just why when I know there? Ultron. He's so deadly. He almost got rid of all the Avengers. And then you're like, oh, no, nope. just not just stupid little uh, stormtroopers that are killed yeah. instantly. OK.
0: Uh, what did you think about the fact that this is the fourth time that Patrick Stewart has died on screen as Professor X? Did you like yeah,
1: that? No. <laughs> Honestly, when his neck cracked, I was like, please. Let's, yeah. He's he's a precious commodity, Patrick Stewart. Yes. We need to be a little more careful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I did like his yellow chair. That was fun to see. The whole thing was very Easter eggy. Um, I also thought it was an interesting turn in this movie to bring back uh, I always get his name wrong, but Chaiwadal Edufor, I think, yeah. uh, as Baron Mordo, but as a different Baron Mordo, because the teaser at the end of the first movie was him being like, well, I'm going to take down all magic users and I'm coming for you, Dr. Yeah. Strange. And this movie, they're like, he's back, but it's not him. but he wants different things.
1: Yeah, he's still jealous of Dr. Strange, but he is also like, I'm pretty cool over here just being a little Avenger-esque dude. Um instead of that.
0: The other, the one last thing that I'll say about this Illuminati sequence that was a little bit of a bummer to me, even though it was very fun, it was very silly. It was clearly for the movie fans and for the comic book fans um, is actually, sorry. I thought of two things that are a little bit of a weird issue for me. The first thing is that I I believe they all shot it separately on green screen. And there's times when like, Uh. people are just kind of popping in and out of the scene where it's like, uh, clearly you were not together. Like there's a point when Baron Mordo is not there and that he's back. There's a point when professor X is there and that he's not. So it's fine. It didn't bother me too much. The other thing that I was curious to get your take on is the fact that we've had all this build up and all this speculation of how are they going to introduce mutants into the MCU? How are they going to introduce the fantastic four <laughs> into the MCU? And then they just did it.
1: Well, yes. And especially how insane we went with like, ooh, yes, that's – so that ship is from the Baxter fan. That's a Fantastic Four. They're definitely going to appear in WandaVision. And we were also hype about it and wound up and everything. And now it's just like, oh, there they are. But then <laughs> the hype is so – there's no hype now. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of the risk of going in this multiverse way because now it's like, well, we've seen these characters, but they're not the characters because they were killed what do we do with this information
0: now? Yeah. I, I, like you said, though, Marvel is such a dominant force in the entertainment industry. It kind They're of, the house of ideas. Exactly. It almost doesn't matter, you know? Like, the mutant thing is yeah. its own thing, and I guess we'll see how that plays out, because if there is still... I think a lot of questions about how exactly they're going to do this in this universe, but the fantastic four, at least, I think it's totally fair to speculate because they introduced John Krasinski here as Mr. Fantastic, which has been fad casting for years at this point. John Watts left the director chair on the fantastic four movie. I think you could like draw a pretty clear line there too. They probably are getting John Krasinski to play Mr. Fantastic in the movie and also probably direct the movie. I say let's go. All right. Well, why don't we talk about some other stuff in the movie, some other characters here? Uh, We mentioned Rachel McAdams as Christine. We get to see an alternate universe version of her here as well. Um, What do you think about her? Were you excited to see McAdams and her amazing wig? And also, she's a scientist now.
1: Um, I, yes. um, You know, (laughs) Doctor Strange likes her so much that that's why she's here in the movie. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like Rachel McAdams as an actor. Like, I think she does a good job. But um, the she, character, like like I said before, they, there was no real spark. Everything was through Doctor Strange's. Like, I love her, but she's not doesn't want me. Um, I so it's like that's all you get from her role.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I was fine with her. She doesn't have much to do. It felt. That, to me, was the most Thor the Dark World part of the movie, where it was the same sort of thing of like, no, we're really going to let Natalie Portman do some science stuff now. And it was the same thing like, eh, Rachel McAdams did too much the first movie. This time, she's going to do science stuff. So, whatever. It's fine.
1: Uh, She had some good reactions when they were in the Broken Universe, um, when she was sort of dealing, trying to protect... Doctor Strange from the um, Damned Souls. I thought Mm -hmm. she had some fun stuff there, at least. I liked, I'm forgetting the exact line,
0: but the thing where she's like, just be a magician or whatever. And he's like, oh, right.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, I'll
0: create this cloak out of these dead spirits or whatever. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, Benedict Wong showing up again as Wong. He just feels like a reliable part of the MCU to me at this point.
1: Yeah, he's he's a little bit everywhere. It's good. Um, He's funny when he needs to be. In this movie I thought it was there were so many cutaways to him where he's like all right just do it like he's just like so wound up in the battle against uh, with uh, when Scarlet Witch first shows up at the fortress he's jumping around he's waving his arms he was so wound up at different points in this movie I did I was surprised how
0: easily he gave up to Wanda in the scene when she was torturing the dead bodies or whatever they were, where I, I think they were They dead. must have been alive. I guess.
1: They, if he was tort- I th- she was torturing dead bodies, I feel like he would have held out a little. Bit.
0: <laughs> Probably. But they had already established that everybody died there or everybody was dead. Um, so I was a little confused with that sequence. And yeah. also she was like, what if I made them dance a little? And he's like, anything yeah. but that, I'll tell you literally whatever you want. It's fine. Um, but I, I do think they found a good balance here with the... Idea that Wong is now Sorcerer Supreme, but Strange, of course, is the star of the movie. Um, Yeah, I was a little worried about that, but I thought they did a nice job of having them both work together throughout the whole thing.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they have separate tricks, like two different party magicians. They're not going to do the same tricks. And so they have their own lanes. Yeah, um, we Like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, Wong is like Michelangelo with a grappling hook mm-hmm. And uh, Doctor Strange is sort of does machines But okay. magic.
0: We really need Pete if we're going to get into Teenage
1: Well, if Ninja. we wanted a quick Pete segue He would jump in here with like Mad that I invoked um, his gods mm-hmm. And two, he'd be shouting about Captain Carter From the beginning of this podcast <laughs> All the way through till right now <laughs>
0: Probably. Uh, We would be remiss not to talk about the biggest new character find of 2022. Everybody's losing it online about him. Pizza Papa, played by Bruce Campbell. Of course, he was going to cameo the movie. Of course, he was going to stop Dr. Strange from doing something. Um, And I've seen a lot of negativity about the end credit scene, but I thought that was great. Me too. What is the negativity? There's been a lot of... So If for anybody who didn't sit through the credits, you get the mid-credits scene where Clea shows up, uh, played by Charlize Theron, which we should probably talk about a little bit more actually in a second. Uh, and then the last one is Pizza Papa, who has been cursed to slap and hit himself for three weeks by Dr. Strange. It finally ends, and he looks at his hand and say, looks in the directly. At the audience and says, It's over! That's it, which is great. Uh, Everybody's like, Oh, I sat through the whole credits for that.
1: Get out of here, though. Like, everyone knows the mid credits, the one, and then the one at the end is like a little joke or a little extra thing. Like, everyone was crazy for the shawarma scene where they were like, Oh, yeah, silently eating.
0: They did. They were, though. So I don't understand why everybody's getting upset about this. To me, this was like right on par with the thing at the end of Spider Man Homecoming. Where uh Captain America is talking about patience at the end, and he's like, you know, sometimes yeah. you wait for things and it doesn't really pan out into much. Same <laughs> sort of thing. Where it's yeah. just a funny joke about waiting through the credits, and that's fine. But the other thing that I thought was so great about it, which was set up at the beginning, is it's that classic bit from Evil Dead where he has an evil hand that is hitting him, and that's what yeah. they were playing there. So Another very fun Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell thing that I enjoyed.
1: Those guys are buddies, right? They gotta be friends. They have a good time. Yeah, they have a good time.
0: (laughs) Uh, So I'm sure there's probably a lot more things that we should talk about in the movie. Oh, uh, two other characters very briefly we should talk about because they're obviously a very important part of the movie are Billy and Tommy show up here again.
1: They sing a whole song about ice cream. <laughs> that was another thing I was like, wow, we're spending some time here. For a movie that wasn't super long and bloated. Like, what was mm-hmm. the runtime on this? Like, two hours, was, six minutes, yeah. Yeah, like, that's good for a Marvel movie in this day and age. The fact that we took some time to really set up and then sing an ice cream song, very fun. Yes. I.
0: I don't know. That that whole thing, like I guess, shout out to those kid actors. I'm glad they're getting more work. That's great. But that to me also pointed to the lack of multiverse, the multiverse of madness, which I know you've already said that you didn't have a really big problem with. But we kept going back to like the Scarlet Witch's multiverse is we had Scarlet Witch in the regular universe, and then we had a mom mostly in the living room In the kitchen with her kids And that was pretty much it Like that was yeah. the whole multiverse for Scarlet Witch
1: And also that mom and kids Were in the cool universe the Like near Utopia Where the Illuminati lived And her house was pretty not Utopia
0: No, there were not a lot of plants Hanging out everywhere
1: No, and like everything felt pretty 616-y On that Um, Yeah, I get that. And we did spend a lot of time just seeing those kids being cute. I was like, we get it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think those kids and the actors playing them may be used again in Mm -hmm. the future. Um, So that's why.
0: Yeah, and clearly Elizabeth Olsen has formed a really good bond with them, which is great. So I appreciate all of that. That's really good to see. Um, And I, I do think contrasting what I said earlier about the whole you had to see WandaVision of it all, I think that was how they were establishing if you did not see WandaVision, Wanda has kids. This is her emotional bond with him. This is why she feels so strongly about it. Um, But if you have seen WandaVision, I feel like there's a disconnect there (laughs) where you're missing a couple of emotional beats between one thing and the other.
1: But if you're um, um, an audience member who doesn't have kids, I think this was a good. This is the continuity you need to be caught up on. Like kids like ice cream, and if they don't get it, they sing a cute song about it, and that's it.
0: Yeah, just to just to recap a little bit. So your feeling is, if you introduce five characters that you only know from animated series and comic books, everybody should just roll with it. But please do take the time to establish what children are.
1: Yeah, that's okay. exactly what I'm saying. Because right you just got to you know your audience. You got to mm-hmm. know your audience.
0: Yes, bunch of childless adults going to stupid superhero movies.
1: That's what it was like at the 8.30 a.m. screening, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> a lot of single dudes, quite like literally talking to themselves about the movie. Oh, boy.
0: Yikes. Uh, why don't we finish up talking about this post-credit sequence where we do get introduced to Charlize Theron as Clea, straight up with a costume. I don't know if somebody knew about this beforehand, but again, I saw this Wednesday night before it even opened. There was somebody in a Clea costume online seeing the movie. Wow, which was wild. So I don't know how that got
1: out, but Force, I mean, I hadn't heard a ghost of anything about this. Um, but I mean, Clea is a natural like is a big character in Dr. Strange and Clea has been recently reintroduced to the Marvel comics universe. So, Mm -hmm. um, also you may be just a Clea, a true Clea fan, maybe dresses like Clea every weekend. Totally. Uh, if, if that
0: woman was just dressed as Clea, totally coincidentally, Contrasting the Captain Carter cosplayers I'm so happy for her w- What a time yeah. for her to be alive Yeah, um, won-
1: yeah! yeah! <laughs> What? What <does> mean?
0: <laughs> The Charlize Theron Has a great uh, call for this part I thought that was great I thought like legitimately Charlize Theron and Benedict Cumberbatch had better chemistry in that two-second scene that he did the entire movie
1: with Rachel McAdams. 100%. Like, he he sees her, and he's instantly like, oh, hell yeah. And even, like, (laughs) the last time we saw him, he's fallen to his knees, screaming in pain because of the third eye. One minute later in this scene, he's like... Hey, oh, we're going to go do something crazy? Pop the eye, wink, let's go, lady.
0: Yeah, I feel like, I mean, uh, (laughs) yes, you're absolutely right. I feel like, and I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like they shot that scene and then somebody was like, he can't just be walking happily down the street and you not reference what just happened at the end of the movie there. I feel yeah. like they digitally added that onto his forehead later, and he probably didn't even know that was going to happen in that scene. Uh, but for yeah. those who don't know Clear from the comics, she comes from the Dark Dimension, which is the same place as Dormammu, who is the villain from the first movie. Uh, she's the Isn't daughter, she right? Daughter, yeah. She's yeah.
1: Dormammu's, Dormammu's Dormammu. daughter. So when she's ripping up the hole and
0: talking about the intercursion, she's actually ripping up a hole to the Dark Dimension. That seems to be where they're jumping to. So another fun tease that hopefully they don't follow up on in any way, and Dr. Strange 3. That would be great. Wow. How dare you? No, I don't uh, Bar- Baron Mordo is just out there somewhere hunting magicians, and nobody knows what's going on with him. So.
1: Well, maybe he's hunting a lot of the smaller, the lower tier magicians right. Uh, right now. Your your party clowns. Yeah. Uh, David Copperfield. Yeah. Like some Neil people Patrick like Harris. Yeah. See, you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it'll work the, his way up to the high-level magic users, like... Um, Anyone at Wong's house. (laughs) (laughs) Before we wrap up here,
0: any other scenes for the movie you want to chat about? Uh, Anything you particularly liked or thought was
1: interesting? Um, I just thought it was great. Oh, so one thing to talk a little bit about where I think where we're headed The incursion um, thing is, like you you mentioned, it leads up to Secret War, something we've speculated that was going to happen as the next big move. feels like this is actually a step in that direction. Um, A big part of Hickman's run, where a lot of this incursion stuff came from, was the the Fantastic Four and the Council of Reeds, Mm -hmm. which was all the different Reed Richards from across the multiverses would come together and be like, we got to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. But can't they sort of not do that now? Based on because of this, uh, because we've seen a bunch of Doctor Strange's in this movie.
0: um, No, I I think they still could potentially do this, uh, do the Council of Reeds. I don't know if they'd want to. You know, to me, I think, first of all, what you need, and and this is the thing that uh, Secret Wars was kind of lacking in terms of the lead up, was some sort of villain, somebody causing this to happen, because it's just sort of a thing that's happening, if I remember correctly. They. Yeah. They also – Hickman introduces all of these other concepts like the builders and the gardeners and all of these other yeah. things um, that tie into the whole incursion thing. But ultimately, uh, the incursion is like this natural event. And I feel like what they've already established here in Doctor Strange 2 is it's not a natural event. Somebody needs to cause an incursion.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. And I would have to go reread it because I, I think it someone caused it, I feel like, at the end of the day. Back in the Hickman run. Right. I mean,
0: this is uh, why I say Kang is because we've already established yeah. in Loki that Kang is somebody who is going to be fighting for with himself. So if we have one Kang who's like, I could just wipe out as many Kangs as possible with, like, a cascade of incursions, that could ultimately lead to this sort of thing. I guess we'll have to see how he plays out. Kang is going to be the villain in Ant-Man 3, Ant-Man Quantumania. So... If he's played for laughs there and is a goof, maybe not. But also, we have Loki Season 2 coming up after that. There's a lot of opportunity to see where this is going. But uh, like we talked about a lot here on the podcast, I got very excited when I heard the incursion thing because I do feel like we're at the point where we've had all of these movies, all of these TV shows, we like them or dislike them to certain extents. But there hasn't been that organizing principle of Thanos showing up at the end of Avengers or even knowing phase one is leading up to Avengers, like not even talking about Thanos. We just don't know what this is leading up to. So getting that inkling here, I really do hope that is the big thing that they're starting to build because that will start making these things feel less like isolated events and more cohesive.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think you're right. Like Kang is being set up as a multi-media, multi-Marvel media villain. Incursion is being introduced here as maybe the big threat. If you combine those two things, then you've got a, you got a series of movies. You got a, yeah, baby. You got a (laughs) stew. Yes.
0: Uh, Overall thoughts before we wrap up here though, we've already jumped ahead and done our vision board section, I guess, talking about what we think is coming in the future. I mean, there is the note at the end that Dr. Strange will return So we do know he's going to be back. That's not a huge surprise. Do you think it'll be in a Doctor Strange 3, or do you think it'll be somewhere else?
1: I bet that the next Doctor Strange movie will be the one right before we get to the endgame. It'll probably be two movies, the Infinity War and Endgame. So Uh, not for a while, you think? I think not for a while. I mean, this just came out. There's a lot lot of stuff that needs to come Um, So that will – maybe we'll get introduced – incursions will come back as a thing. But it feels like if that's where we're going pretty directly, the next Doctor Strange will be the driveway up to that house.
0: Yeah. I do think we could get some sort of like Doctor Strange into the dark dimension or something like that. But
1: I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Well, but I think that would be into the dark dimension. He comes out of that, and it's like coming next Secret Wars one mm-hmm. and two.
0: Yeah, yeah, potentially.
1: And it, would it be called Avengers Secret Wars?
0: I they got to bring back the Avengers title at some point, right? So right? I think so. Yeah. Yes. So Avengers Secret Wars. We nailed it. We did it. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel stuff. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous.
1: It's all a bunch of stews. This is Stew 4.